When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, gang. A very happy Monday, gang. A very, very, very happy Monday. And welcome to the first Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast of the week. And of course, we begin today's podcast with the fallout from a sensational day of Premier League action where Liverpool lost again at home. This time to little old tiny, tiny Fulham. That's a record six home defeat in a row for Kloppy. Six. Six. Don't rub it in. I don't need to. Six. Spurs beat Crystal Palace. West Brom looked doomed after drawing with Newcastle at the Hawthorns. And of course, mighty Manchester United. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United beat Manchester City at the empty hat, which of course brought an end to Pep Guardiola's 21-game winning run. You'll hear a completely impartial Andrew Cole coming up, of course, the former Man United striker. But first, here's how it all sounded on TalkSport. Manchester City nil, Manchester United 2. Manchester City had gone into this game, 21 wins on the bounce. That has come to an end. You know you've got to play well, uh, exceptionally well, to get a, get a clean sheet, uh, never mind scoring two goals here. So uh, we did really well. Our attack is being positive, we're going forward, we, we don't think about what we're doing, we just do it naturally by instinct and uh, it's so, so strong in those uh, situations. If you're going to go win the league, yeah, the Premier League, whatever league it is, you can't afford to play counter-attacking football. At home, no, you've got to go and beat teams. You have to. Like last week, we watched them against Chelsea. And I'm actually saying, go on, throw caution to the wind. Try and nick a goal. Try and make it 1-0 and then it cuts the gap on Man City or whatever. Because mm. you're putting a performance like this a week after. You turn around and say, oh, go on then, what happened last week? What did he get right today, Sam? What did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer get right tactically today? To be fair, I don't know if he knows what he's doing. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think he just puts the team out and see what happens. <laughs> Oh yes! Perry got interrupted. You heard the no, scream there. No, it's definitely a penalty call. Uh, let's go to Don McGuinness. <laughs> Luke Shaw racing down a field and again playing the little one-two with Marcus Rushford and then the finish from Shaw. Yeah, it's not un- unsung uh, for me. He's, uh, ever ever since I came to the club, it's been so. It's a delight to to work with him. He's he's learning. He wants to be better. He wants to improve. Such a good boy. Uh, after he became a dad, you can see more uh, more mature Luke. And this season, he's really really uh, got that attacking game going as well. Because I, I do tell him that he should do it more often. To be honest, and that injury wasn't a Mickey Mouse injury. It's a horrible horrible mm. injury. To get your confidence to come to actually believe you can do it after that injury. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, you got a manager. 
attacking you constantly. Telling now I tell him I play for him. You know, mm. so the manager's belittling him. Oli's gone and he's, he's in, installed confidence into a lot of the boys. Luke looks like, like, like I keep saying, the kid I was watching when he was younger. As it is, the gap at the top of the Premier League table cut now to a mere 11 points. We play much better than West Ham game, for example. Yeah, it was a good game. We started in difficult conditions against the team, the penalty. But a part of this, we make a good run and uh, yeah, 10 games left. We have to win six. We're going to try next, next, uh, next game. I'm going to chuck it out there. On current form... Does Kevin De Bruyne weaken Manchester City? And the reason I say that, and I know it sounds outlandish, but who was the player who was starring for Manchester City week in, week out when he was injured? It was Ilkay Gundogan. When De Bruyne is in the team, Gundogan loses a bit of his attacking threat, naturally has to play a bit deeper. Lamina robbing Mo Salah on the edge of his own box and rifling a precision shot across Alisson's goal. The landscape has changed dramatically. Teams used to fear a trip to Anfield. Fulham played a good game and a very passionate game and these kind of things. If you score them one goal, you deserve to win. And that's what's the what, what are the facts. So it's not about me now finding always, like immediately after the game, um, then like the words to give everybody belief again, confident again. We, we, we feel that in the moment. It's not that we just go over it and, and think, uh, who cares? No, we care a lot. And, um, and so it's a really tough moment. And what will happen? I've got to admit, if Liverpool fans do start turning against him, He's the sort of manager that will go, if you're not behind me, I'll, I'll go. go. I think every manager has a shelf life. And I want to come on to say that I think that the time is right. People coming on about cloth this, cloth that. You ain't won a league in 30 years. It just drives me crazy. The problem is, season after season, he's not been back. A big club goes and reinvests. And when we talk about a lack of plan B, that's because there's been no reinvestment over the last couple of years. It's probably inevitable that one of the big players in the front three will go this summer mm. um, the problem is that around Europe there is not a lot of money to go and spend the sort of sums of money that Liverpool would want for a Mo Salah or a Mane Firmino so it's a it's going to be a strange period for a number of clubs in, including Liverpool uh, in this next window mm. from the outset when the season started there was probably um a lot of reasons to think differently. If we'd have listened to the noise from the outside, I think you'd have probably seen a fragile team, a team that had um, uh, not been performing like they have or improved as much as they have. So that's going to stay the same. What, what's, what's next is us, and now we go to Man City or Man City come to us and the same focus again. Tottenham 4, Crystal Palace 1. Tottenham now move up to sixth on goal difference. There's plenty for them to feel positive about. The week is perfect. Three matches, nine points. The game, a part of uh, between minutes 35-45, was also very good because we were very dominant. We played very fluid, very fast, great movement, beautiful goals, lots of creativity, very happy. And it's Gareth Bale who's starting his third Premier League game in a row who has given Tottenham the lead. I think it's time for you to speak with the boy, you know. I think it's time for him to enjoy a little bit of a, of a positive uh, talk with with everybody that was doubting his first part of of the season but he's he's playing very well and more than that he's working very hard for the team and the final whistle goes and it ends at the Hawthorns in a draw on a day where you feel West Bromwich champion just had to win we barely gave him a chance today I'm I'm not so sure Newcastle even created a clear-cut chance overall last two games only one point and should have been more but unfortunately I'm sick of hearing myself say that because I've been saying that for the last four or five games. We'll take a point and move on. And as I said, we're in a difficult week. We'll, we'll accept it. But the player's attitude for me was the key to it of getting a result.
Now, Steven Gerrard's Rangers were crowned Scottish Premiership champions after Celtic could only draw at Dundee United. It's the first title in 10 years, and it led to TalkSport's Tony Cascarino to urge Premier League clubs to sign Stevie G up after he won his first trophy as a manager. We'll also hear from the former Scotland striker Chris Iwellemo. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it, not Umulumu. And the chances of Celtic giving their old firm rivals a guard of honour. That won't happen later this month. But first up, here's the Rangers legend, Super Ali McCoist. The quest for 10 in a row is over. Rangers have won the league for the first time in a decade. Champions for a record 55th time. It's a first owner as manager for Steven Gerrard. I won't lie to you, I've been surprised at the level of incredible consistency that the boys have showed. Um, So, as I say, I I was always hopeful and and fairly confident that they could kick on again after the new year this year. But um, in terms of the overall performances and achievement, it's been remarkable, it really has. Can they go unbeaten now for the rest of the season? Can they do that, the Invincible? It's going to be an interesting ask. That's how he motivates the, the team to carry on doing it. They've got, they've got to keep going. And it's uh, the next one, all for a match. It's, it's, it's one of them. You talk about the guard of honour. I think it's optional. I'll be very surprised if Celtic do clap them out. I don't think it'll happen. They should, though. It's but it's a bit, a bit of class. A bit of class. You know, I'm a Celtic fan. You know, at the end of the day, Rangers have been the better team. They, they've earned the right to, to have that respect shown. Steven Gerrard has come in, steadied this ship, made good signings every window, made them better every window and he's now got the rewards he's now finally himself uh, a champion I said it earlier you know you can forget the miracle of Istanbul the miracle of Ibrox is something special as well if I was a Premier League chairman and I thought do you know what I've loved what he's, I've, the way he's handled recruitment how he's improved Glasgow Rangers I would want to be ambitious and go could we be the first with our foot in the door to find out if it was possible it might be completely no chance which mm-hmm. I imagine would be difficult anyway but that's the sort of ambition I'd want Palace he might turn around and say no I've got a big job to do still at Rangers Champions League football next year for him to go and leave the football club I, I, I don't see it. I think he will definitely stay for at least one season to look to win more titles and not just think this is a a one-season wonder. It's mm. can you go and win trophy after trophy. They've had a little taste of it now and it's going about can you go and win it again. Now, the Arsenal boss, Mikel Arteta, was left frustrated after his side were not awarded a clear penalty in the Gunners draw with Burnley on game day. And the Clarets were also aggravated after Saka avoided seeing red. So we'll hear from Sean Dyche, Dyche, Dyche shortly, but first it's Mikel Arteta certainly hit the hand of Peters he's turned to the linesman and asked for a handball there his ball arm was away from his body it's a very clear penalty is, is what I can say there's no intention to play the ball there is distance between the opponent and the ball there is a big distance between the arm and the trajectory of the ball for me it's uh, crystal clear the way that we're changing rules um, during the season I think he's wrong. I think it, um, it damages the Premier League brand. I thought it was intentional. I thought his hand was away from the ball. I thought he was trying to anticipate the ball that Pepe was trying to play on the outside of him. He's seen that. He, he saw it as a danger, put his arm out and it hit his hand. For me, that is a stonewall penalty. I've spoken many times over the last year or so since VR, probably probably longer. People are getting touched on their shoulder and they go down and they get penalties. When Matej Ridra has clearly been stuck on his foot, what level of contact is it? That's the thing we're all asking as managers. I've seen people touch shoulder and the legs buckle and they get a penalty. He clearly hits his foot, which then deviates him from striking the ball properly, and yet that's not deemed a penalty. He doesn't roll around, doesn't scream. There's a lot of that today. That's interesting. That's a new thing that's come into the Premier League. Ah! 
and that everyone uh, finds bizarre, including myself. And he gets nothing. So, look, we, our record of penalties is the lowest in the Premier League, uh, and we don't get another one today. Granit Xhaka has just kicked the ball against Chris Wood inside the six-yard area, and it's gone beyond Burnt Leno and gone in. It's a calamitous goal. It's great for Burnley. It's dreadful from Arsenal. Xhaka fronting up to be given that ball. I know certain managers, and Jack Charlton would have been one of them, he'd have gone ballistic at Xhaka facing when you've got a player behind you and you're inside the 18-yard box, back to play, and your goalkeeper's rolling you a ball. Some of the best players in the world wouldn't have wanted that ball, and Xhaka certainly isn't that. Now, today is International Women's Day, which is a global celebration of the social, cultural, sporting and political achievements of women. The day also reminds us that we need to continue challenging gender bias. TalkSport have been exploring and celebrating the growing influence of women in football. Game Day asked the award-winning star of stage and screen, Tamsin Althwaite, to tell the story. The year is 2030 and women are leading the way in football. Emma Hayes confidently walks her Chelsea side out at Wembley with the club captain Mason Mount beside her. Up in the Royal Box, a smiling Enia Luko, the chief executive of Aston Villa, looking on, having played a major role in turning Villa into one of Britain's most powerful clubs. And on the pitch, Sean Massiellis, going through her final preparations before refereeing her third FA Cup final. Seems unimaginable? Well, I'm here to tell you that it's not. I'm here to tell you that there are women in football that are already paving the way for sights and sounds like this to become a reality. Change is already on the horizon and women are laying the foundations for generations that won't take a blind bit of notice at the sight of a female club owner, Premier League manager or a woman referee. Every woman involved in football has faced sexism, including England captain Steph Horton starting when she was picked for her primary school team. Even my mum and my dad had heard other parents kind of like saying little things. If she's a girl, she shouldn't be playing. And it's just this automatic judgment and perception that because I'm female, I should I don't have the right to be on the pitch. And it happened to be a good day because I ended up managing scoring two. And I can remember the day just like it was yesterday, I think, because it meant so much to try and go, right, OK, well, I've got every right to play a sport that I love as much as the lad next to us. She rolls it to Steph Holton who slams it in low through the crowd of players and England take the lead. Attitudes are changing. Hannah Dingley is the first woman to head up a football league academy. She works at League Two Forest Green Rovers and is seeing more backing from the football authorities. Everyone sort of realised that actually diversifying the game, diversifying of, of thought within the game is actually only going to help us develop better players. Now we're getting a lot more sort of support from those sort of big bodies to try and encourage more females into, you know, particularly coaching roles within the game. It's been proven at top level, at board levels. If you have a diverse board, you know, people from different backgrounds, with different experiences, you're a better business. We are seeing others following West Ham's Karen Brady into the boardroom and women's officials are making their mark too. Here's Rebecca Welsh, the most decorated female referee in the country, who officiates in the Men's National League. I'm no longer my female referee, I'm just oh, Rebecca's here and, and, she, and she's the referee, so there are more women coming forward and being visible in them roles, and it's great for you know young people who've got an aspiration to be involved in football because you feel like what you can't see, you can't be, and I think now we've 
you know, we've got so many role models in the game that people can see it and, you know, really drive on if they've got an ambition to be involved. The visibility of women presenters, commentators and reporters in the game has been a key achievement. Jackie Oatley led the way as the first female to describe a Premier League game on Match of the Day in 2007. Women now have informed, valid opinions that people, generally speaking, are accepting, admiring and agreeing with and thinking, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Now, women regularly commentate on top flight matches. What a fantastic goal that is. The cross is absolutely delightful. This Stoke squad is full of talent that can play in the Premier League, so they should really be further up the championship. Jurgen Klopp's side missed the chance to go top of the Premier League. It's finished here at Craven Cottage. Fulham 1, Liverpool 1. Jackie believes a vital recent breakthrough is the acceptance and respect now given to female footballers who are pundits in the media. I think even 10 years ago, people would have been, oh, what kind of standard does she play? Who she? Don't know her. And I think we've gone past that now, which is a huge relief. Despite original trailblazers like Nettie Honeyball, Lily Parr and Emma Clark putting women's football on the map a century ago. The sport was banned for nearly 50 years by the Football Association in 1921. They said the football was quite unsuitable for females. And as Maggie Murphy, who is the general manager of Lewis FC, explains, they have been playing catch-up for decades, both on and off the pitch. There were a couple of consequences. One was obviously the lack of investment that went into women's football and the technical side and the professionalism of the game. But then the other consequence was around stereotypes uh, and marginalisation of women who were interested in football, whether playing or as fans or as someone that might work in the game. We might have got rid of the ban, but those stereotypes are long-lasting. And so that's why women are constantly held to higher standards. That's why I might walk into a football conference and people think that I'm an assistant or I'm the person that brings the coffee. That's happened to me. The more that we are able to ensure that women's football is visible and prominent, uh, the more we legitimise it and say that this is, uh, funnily enough, an acceptable place for, for women to be. Investment in the new Women's Super League from clubs, brands and governing bodies 10 years ago has heralded a new professional era. The quality of football has rapidly improved and the success of the Lionesses at major tournaments has boosted the game's popularity. Almost 12 million people watched England against USA in the semi-final of the World Cup in 19 minutes gone, running across the near post and connecting with the left-wing cross from Beth Mee to make it 1-1. Farrah Williams, England's most capped footballer, still plays in the WSL and she urges her sport to keep pushing boundaries and try not to compare itself to the men's game. I think it doesn't help the perception of the female game because we're not like the men. Yes, we play tactically, you know, things are the same technically in terms of how you have to execute things are similar. But in terms of the physical and the speed, and it's so different. And so the longer we want to be seen as the same as the men, the longer the perception will take to change. I said, because I don't think that we should be compared to them. But will we see a female coach in charge of a high-profile club in men's football soon? Here's Hannah Dingley of Forest Green Rovers. You'd like to see definitely a female coach for their merit, not for a tokenistic, not for, oh, let's do something 
wacky and get ourselves on Sky Sports a few times or whatever it is, you know, to do something generally because it's the right coach for the position. But there's lots of talented female coaches out there. You know, I think they would improve and help develop the game. Trailblazers like Hannah are vital in changing perceptions, not only on the weekend of International Women's Day, but permanently. Women should and will be central to the continued success of our beautiful game. That's it. Thanks for listening again to Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast on the app or wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back on my show, Andy Goldstein's Sports Bar, at 10pm, taking your calls with the fun boy, of course, after West Ham take on Leeds and Chelsea hopefully lose to Everton. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcasts out first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a great day, and above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.